Hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Woo! Hi, Dell Shores. Hello. I'm going to do this greeting like we didn't spend four hours working today. Like, how are you? Oh, my God. I am so fine. I just, I've been working with this guy that was just driving me fucking crazy, but uh, not really. It was your to work with. We had, a good, we had a good creative day, didn't we? Yes, we did. How is everybody else? Hello out there. Whether you're watching us on the Facebook, on the YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter, say hello. Tell us where you're watching from. Share the broadcast with your friends. I mean, we only got one real discussion to talk about. Yeah, and I want to know, uh, since Emerson doesn't like me to talk about the weather, I want to know, I'm not going to talk about the weather, but I want to... I want to do, did, did y'all ever hear this sermon growing up? If you think that it is hot tonight and you think it is hot down here, just wait till you go to hell. Did y'all ever hear that one? All that I mean, from the pulpit? You know, Blake told me last night that Death Valley recorded the highest temperature on earth this week, 130 degrees ever. So um, we don't want to wait to get to hell. We're already living in it. Somebody told me that they they were in, they were in a church service and a revival with some old crazy pre preacher during the summertime. Put the heat on to make his point. <laughs> That's a real good way to not get me to come back to church. I think that women going through menopause would be throwing hymnals. <laughs> That's what yeah, like I'm sorry, a church fan is not enough. If you can't say it in the cool, I'm not interested in your salvation. No, 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 no. I, but they had a record number of conversions that year. Yes, people wanted to leave. They're like, yes, I accept Jesus. Can I go to Bru go to I Golden did. Corral and get my buffet? I made that last part up. I just <laughs> sound got it. Good. Victor said that's hotter than a half fucked fox in a forest fire. Oh goodness, that's a good. That's half. A, that's a lot of alliteration. I like that. Good. But is it only just the tip if it's only half fucked? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I... Anyway, the DNC is happening. Yes, it's happening. I watched most of it this morning because I taught yesterday during uh, a lot of it. But boy, there was some really... There were some really great speeches, I thought, and uh, I thought that I thought Miss Longoria did a very good job, and I got emotional during the Star Spangled Banner. All of those states coming together—it was—it was very well produced. I really have to give it to them; they did a very good job producing it. What did everybody watching at home think? I agree. I thought Ava was a great host. She's done a ton of work for Latinx Latinx people. Um, for Latina girls in education. She's done a lot of advocacy, so it makes sense that she was there. I was sad she didn't make a housewife joke about Trump's housewife tweet since it dovetailed so nicely. Yeah, I think maybe, well, maybe there's, is she just, um, is she just uh, on last night or is there a different? Yes, tonight is Tracy Ellis Ross, then Kerry Washington, and then Julia Louis-Dreyfus on Thursday. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, um, the, oh, yeah, <laughs> some smart, heavy hitters uh, from the world of entertainment that dovetail nicely. I also actually found it even more compelling to not have audience just cheering throughout because it made you really listen to what mm -hmm. people were saying. I thought Bernie was one of the most driven and enthusiastic he's been in a while about somebody else. He 
hit where they disagree, but also hit why he thinks Joe is the right choice. And um, he ended and well. What? It, I said he ended really, really well with him saying, you know what? We have got to come together. Thank you for supporting my campaign. Thank you for supporting my campaign. But we have to come together. And my favorite line of the night, what Bernie said, when he said, Nero fiddled when Rome burned, Trump gone. Yes. That was a good line. They clearly left Amy Klobuchar to handle the jokes, though. Ugh. All her dad jokes. I love that she's clearly like a policy wonk, a focused compromiser in the middle. But she's like, but I'm going to tell jokes like your granddaddy at Thanksgiving. Like, you know. But uh, M Michelle Obama was really quite wonderful. And they, a lot of people uh, were, were uh, hello, Kelly Alexander. That's my ex-wife, everybody, who the mother of my children. And our daughter got engaged on Friday. Caroline Shores, congratulations. Some good news during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, I loved Michelle Obama's speech. I thought that, you know, she really nailed uh, Trump. And I... Uh, I, I, it's interesting how all the, the MAGA people are going after her today over stupid things, just, just reaching and reaching and reaching. But um, good. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. Hope was a very, a, a great word. That's a great word. Uh, it's interesting because we talked about it and I was like, hope isn't where I got to. A little bit of relief is what I found. It was like, I could take a deep breath listening to people who don't all agree on all the issues, uh, liberal issues or progressive issues, but who also stand understand that we can't do anything if we don't get in there. Um, and when Michelle was talking, there was a humanity to her focusing on not the political issues, but the nature of who we want to be as Americans. You know, people sometimes get it wrong when, when they say this isn't who we are about stuff, right? Because if we're doing terrible things as a country, it is who we are, yeah. whether we like it or not. Yeah, this but is not who we want to be. Do we, we want to be? be? That's right. I found the way she spoke to that and the way she would willingly express frustration, you know, that the politician people, they have to say, like, we can do it and we can whatever. And it was like, Miss Obama spoke to what we really feel sitting at home, the sort of impotence and the anger and the like, what do we want our children to see us do? I found it to be one of the most powerful speeches in a political arena in longer than I can remember. I mean, it was, Obama is a great speaker, but she's almost better for me for the way she connects it to, re to feelings, not just intellect. Well, you know, and also since since I um, I often teach uh, acting for the camera, she did that so beautifully where it was so um, intimate. It, you felt like you were just across from her and she was talking to you about that. That's what I thought was brilliant. And a lot of people, I noticed a lot of people on Twitter this morning was, well, why didn't she mention uh, Kamala Harris? Well, because she taped it before the announcement. And that's... Well and also, you know, she as she talked about Joe and how he's imperfect and we need leaders that are willing to admit when they're wrong. But her focus really was on what we as people are feeling, what we as a country need and where we want to go. There was more than enough raving about Joe Biden through the evening and about Kamala Harris. And we will see that. And Kamala will get to speak for herself. That's um, right. I thought the Zoom, so to speak, aspect of it made 
Michelle's speech so impactful because it was never interrupted with like raucous applause lines. You know, it just drilled further and further into focus. And and Um, there was one other thing that I really thought they did that was very smart. How many people voted for Trump that stepped up and said, I made a mistake. Did you make a mistake too? And yeah. do you really want this to continue? So I thought that was rather brilliant. And Yeah, it's like I understand progressives who feel like using Republicans is pandering to centrists and not addressing the issues we care about. But what it also did, I don't agree with John Kasich on so many things. Right. But in that, he is the kind of Republican I want us to face in Congress debating the issues of America. You know, I believe... He believes in what he wants. He stands for something. And then we can fight about substance from a baseline of being a specific kind of American together first. Well, you know what he is? He's rational. He's just absolutely rational. And he he, he hasn't sold his soul. He's not, He hasn't gone over to that Trump GOP. He has said, no, that's not, that is not who we are. So he is going to do very, very, I don't know what his aspirations are, if he has any more after this, if he's just going to be a commentator on CNN or what, but uh, he's going to come out of this a lot better than, you know, um, Sugar Britches Graham. I've decided that's. The other piece that I thought was incredibly powerful was the woman talking about her father who died of COVID-19 following the president's lead. Because it goes back to what we talked about before, right? that there are conservatives, there are Republicans that because of where they get their news and what they believe from the office of the president, believe the words Trump says. It's hard for us to relate to, but they're not disingenuous. They think the president told us it's not a big deal. I don't need to be worried. And this man died. You know, they're not all just QAnon believing, MAGA hat wearing, crazy internet people. So what do we have coming up? What, what's coming well, up? And so, and tonight, specifically to our issues, um, there are three gay men presenting the keynote tonight. Pen- Pennsylvania State Rep. Malcolm Kenyatta, who was the first LGBT person of color elected to the Pennsylvania State Assembly. Sam Park of Georgia, the first out gay man elected to the Georgia State Legislature and the only Asian American currently serving. And Mayor Robert Garcia of Long Beach, the first LGBT person of color elected to the Long Beach City Council and then mayor in 2014. And then of course we have upcoming uh, bigger LGBT celebrities, Pete Buttigieg on Thursday, along with Senator Tammy Baldwin. Uh, And Danica Rome, the trans Virginia House delegate will be speaking at some point, I'm not sure when. So our visibility is also being focused on as we go through the next couple of nights. And Randy Rainbow. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Randy Rainbow has made us all happy this week with his uh, his Kamala. Kamala. I mean, he is a kind of genius that's like once a generation. It's like he has Howard Ashman's ability to craft lyrics, repeating. You know, it's not like he was a one-hit wonder. Every time he is so brilliant in his commentary and the content and the alliteration and the word choice, it's just draw dropping. I think I'm just jealous. And the editing. I mean, he does it all himself. He does the costumes. He does everything. So yes. uh, win an Emmy this next time. I mean, Randy. I wish they would let him host a variety show. He'd be such a great person yeah. for like a Netflix variety show. Open with a parody, have guests, song and dance, bring back, you know, the Carol Burnett show with Randy Rainbow. Well, on the, the Kamala uh uh, continuing with her on Friday's broadcast of, of his show, Rush Limbaugh, 
talked about a meme that showed a picture of Joe Biden along with a mock campaign slogan that read, Joe and the Ho, saying, now what do you think that's about, Joe and the Ho? It's no secret that Kamala Harris slept her way up into the California political life by being a very public escort and mattress for California Democrat maker Willie Brown. She was Willie Brown's mattress and that he has written about it and that he has talked about it, how it propelled her, that he ended up uh, being one of her mentors. Now we have something new that has been thrust uh um, into American politics. And that is the question of using sex to get ahead. Uh, Earlier this month, he also discussed the same story and said, if anyone knows her backside, what a fucking asshole, it's Willie Brown. I mean, in the biblical intimate sense, he knows her backside, ha ha. Uh, They've been acknowledged that she knows his, even though his backside is not as big as hers was. What a fucking piece of shit, Rush Limbaugh. Um, I, I, I tweeted- Isn't he dying? I hope like, right? like doesn't he have lung cancer? I just hope he has a relapse and starts taking those opiates again. I um I I don't mean to be mean, but I do. He I is- mean, you know, I try not to cross that line, but like this man has been a garbage spewing like disposal for so long. He's been married four times, and just this rampant misogyny and sexism. Like we're gonna start talking about who politicians have slept with, really now. Uh, yeah, I went to, uh, I taught at, uh, what's it, uh, Gerardo, what's this, the hometown, Gerardo, Mississippi, uh, Missouri, and uh, when I walked out to get my rental car, there is uh, Rush Limbaugh Lane or some dry boulevard, and so I did a nice little uh, picture like this that I use repeatedly ever, ever since, uh, and got a lot of, I said, here's my response to his, uh, and I, I tweeted that out, so go to my yeah. Twitter. Can see it. Well, it just speaks to like the the standard pattern. It goes back to Michelle Obama earlier. You know, there's a lot of people that call her Big Mike to make fun of her, like making that she's a man, a secret man. So it's both misogynistic and transphobic at the same time. Any woman anywhere that says things they don't like, racism, misogyny, anything they can pull out of the bigot barrel to well, play. I mean, today Harvey Weinstein was tr- uh, was trending because uh, the the magas have made him trend because in 2013, way before anybody knew, Michelle Obama gave him a compliment because he had given a considerable amount of money to some charity or something. I don't even know the specifics, but it was just like, pull that out, pull that out. Uh, And then of course, in counter to that, everybody started posting pictures of Trump and Weinstein and Epstein and that horrible woman. Since you brought it up, I hate that on both sides. I hate it just as much when our people do it. That a famous person once took a photo with another famous person, we have to stop pretending like at the billionaire level of influence in culture, that people don't work with people all the time, that people have foundations. Like it's like Jeffrey, what Jeffrey Epstein did was horrifying and on a scale that's almost unimaginable. But pretend that every rich person that ever encountered him working on the various issues he threw tons of money at right. was aware right. of those things is ludicrous. And that goes both ways. Insane. I hate yeah. what people I do like Oprah with Weinstein, but the other direction too. Here's Trump with Epstein. Okay, but until there's a fact related to, that picture means nothing. 
famous people take pictures with people all the time. And, and it's you so when everybody does it. You know, you hang out with people. My God, I wrote a, uh, I wrote several pilots with someone who uh, years and years later, and there's pictures of him. You know, with me and him, he was uh, arrested for uh, trafficking child pornography, and I was horrified. I was, I don't even know who this person is. But if you know, if I were more famous or something, people would put those pictures up of me and this person. Yes. Well, and we should hold everyone accountable that there is evidence actually for. But a photo with a person is not evidence. Like that is not. That's just my soapbox on that. Um, and if there's proof, follow through with it. Absolutely. But this gotcha game on Twitter becomes back and forth, like you just said, and it's just dumb. Um, and but related to campaigns, you know, as we head for November, campaigns are gearing up at all levels of the government. And it's important we pay attention to bigotry at every level, not just watching the presidential campaign. Here's two quick examples. Out of Virginia, U.S. House candidate Bob Good is sponsoring a series of campaign meetings with clergy and Republican leaders. He's got a long history of railing against marriage equality and non-discrimination laws, Black Lives Matter and Latino people. The event invitation asks, what do your church bylaws state regarding a man dressed as a woman who attends a church function and expects to use the women's restroom with a subject line of re when a man becomes a woman? This is the guy who won the primary over the Republican Denver Riggleman when conservatives got mad at him for officiating a same-sex wedding. Full-on Republican, and this bigot took his place. His Democratic challenger, Cameron Webb, is only two points behind him. So if you've got a couple of dollars and want to donate over there uh, to his campaign, I just put it up below. We can push this uh, Democrat in Virginia over this bigot. And then second, up in New Hampshire, uh, Donald Bodak, the Republican primary candidate for Senate, in a recent ad said, I don't spend my life defending the country to let a bunch of liberal socialist pansies squander it away. I approve this message and I'm asking for your joke, vote. He's also opposed marriage equality, doesn't believe the Civil Rights Act applies to anti-LGBTQ discrimination, even though the Supreme Court just said it does. And at a campaign event in February said, what's happening with the transgenders, what they're teaching kids in school and what's happening there is terrific. So while we follow the presidential election, we need to be paying attention to where the bigots are spewing at the local levels, at the state levels, all the way up and do what we can to support their opposition to win at every level. Absolutely, and those are going against our rights too. A, a, a bigotry there and across the board. We just get the bigots out. Uh, there's a, in a related story, uh, people are stealing pride flags, and uh, this is these are the craziest things. This uh, this uh, a candidate for Washington House of Representatives named Charles v Vavoda, I guess Svoboda. Svoboda, uh, like Brian that did our sound ones. How to say it? Svoboda. Svavoda, Svavoda. Uh, it needs a it needs a vowel. It needs a vowel. Anyway, uh, he's he's uh, on he's in the Trump Republican Party, not to be confused with the regular Republican Party. Uh, Different, that, worse. That, that's, it's just a little bit worse. Yeah, it's a little bit worse. He approached the LGBT inclusive Sea Bold United Methodist Church, pulled down its rainbow flag. And he was wearing a Trump T-shirt, reportedly told onlookers, if it gets put back up, I will take it down. Uh, Svoboda admitted pulling it down to police, saying the reason I took the flag down is because it sends the wrong message to the very world that the church is supposed to be saving. 
Uh, the mission of the church body of Christ is to be a beacon of light into the lost, dark, and hurting world. And we uh, a place of salvation for one's own sins. And the church has lost her way and fails to communicate this message when it flies. Are you ready? A sodomite flag. How do I order one of those? I know it's a sodomite flag because you know. I want a sodomite flag. Great people don't do anal. That's that's uh, that, that's just it's they just don't. That's right. Um, it's not. Uh, I wait, just I love I used to you know because that word was used in church growing up so terrifying. I don't know why, but I just love the word sodomite. Oh, I do too. He's a sodomite. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start identifying as a sodomite. As a sodomite. I'm a sodomite. Um, so a second flag was that this is so great. I hope you you have that. Uh, I have the video. Okay, great. There's a video that goes along. A Chicago couple had a pride flag stolen off their front porch and they're fantastic and fabulous. And I can't wait for you to see this. Uh, rather than get mad, they did the opposite. They ordered more pride flags and many more pride flags and recorded a hilarious TikTok. And here it is. <laughs> so yeah 22 seconds look it up it's you can hear the 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 um the dialogue and everything as well it's really quite wonderful so all right um, did it not play with sound it didn't play the sound not on my end well it looked great they're hilarious yeah they're they are hilarious um all right Rolling along, you know, we talked a lot about bakeries and the bigot bakers across the country. A customer in Detroit attempted to do a reverse discrimination moment and failed. He commissioned a red velvet cake from Good Cakes and Bakes in Detroit. He included a special pride request in the online order that said, I am ordering this cake to celebrate and have pride in true Christian marriage. I'd like you to write on the cake in icing, Homosexual acts are gravely evil. Catholic Catechism 2357. Well, April Anderson operates the store with her wife, Michelle. She told the Detroit Free Press, why would somebody order this from us? It says it on our about page and social media pages and very clear that this bakery is owned by two lesbian women. So they called a friend who did some digging and using social channels and reverse phone lookup, real investigative, identified the customer as David Gordon with Church Militant, a Catholic fringe group that broadcasts pro-life, anti-gay, anti-feminist, as long-fearing, human-caused climate change-denying Orthodox Catholic news. Here's where it gets fun. Gordon said, I was denied the service I requested at a place of public accommodations on the basis of the content of my beliefs. This is about fairness, not ideology. Except he wasn't denied. Anderson didn't want him to come back at her saying it was reverse discrimination, so they baked the cake, but without the message. She was following the bakery's policy that written messages are not permitted on specialty dessert cakes ordered online, stated on their website. She and her wife wrote a letter to Gordon attached it to the cake saying they stand against hate. The letter said, we feel the only grave evil is the judgment that good Christians like yourself impose on folks that don't meet their vision of what God wants them to be. So when Gordon called the bakery on Friday asking about the cake, he's told to be ready at 3.30 on Saturday. The cake was never picked up and they put it in the refrigerator. She called Gordon about the cake and the cake was eventually tossed on a Thursday. 
Weirdly, he called that very day, days late, asking about the cake, was told it was thrown out. He called again on Friday asking about the cake. She told him it was thrown out, and if he wanted another, he'd have to place an order online. If he wanted a written message on it, she told him he'd have to call or come in and order it. I want to show you them. I just love that. I do, too. I, love I just want to go eat some cake with them. Yes. Well, and that they saw through what he was trying to do and said, nope, you're nope. not going to get us. Yay. That's Michelle in April. Cakes. Too smart for the biggest. Good cakes and bakes. All right, yeah, if you're in their area, order a cake. Give them She's some deal. She's baked a cake for Oprah. They've done a lot of stuff. They are a well-known, successful baker. Yeah. And I'm Give glad them. they didn't get caught up in some honey pot by Biggie. All right, and now uh, traveling to a Southern state, um, we had an Arkansas gay man, Jordan Kirk. He visited the Oak Lawn Casino. I love this man so much. A yeah. week ago with his husband. Security guards refused to let him enter the building, telling him that he would need to return his bag to his car first. Kirk said, I was like, well, she's taking her purse inside. And the lady behind us was like, do I need to take my bag to the car? And he was like, no, purses are allowed. When he asked for an explanation, the guard said, men don't wear purses. Uh, supervisor, oh my God, just love him. A supervisor reiterated that bags are not allowed in the casino. So Kirk pressed the supervisor on the gender issue as well, saying, I asked him if a woman was carrying my bag, could she take it in the door? And he told me, yes, but because I wasn't, I couldn't take it inside. Management finally allowed Kirk to enter the building with his bag and they searched it for explosives. Now, th th look at him. Does he look like he is carrying explosives? Uh, almost every woman that was behind us was like, why are you searching here our bag? Why aren't you searching our bag? The women behind us were like, that's discrimination. I love that they stood up for him. Ultimately, Kirk and his husband were left alone to enter and the management did issue an apology to him on Facebook. But I love it so much. I mean, please. Also, like, I love that his, like, because in, in their interview, he's so, like, calm and sweet, but it's just, a bag's a bag. So what's the difference between those purses walking in and I, me, if he, if I call this a purse or a man bag instead of a purse? You know, um, we're a little bit ahead, I'll tell you. Years ago, when I was in Austin, Texas, uh, Sharon Lane, my uh, late, great producing partner, and I were going down Music Row after we had won the film festival for uh, Sorted uh, Lives. And we tried to enter this bar and I was wearing a, a tank top that said Dirty Rat Bastard. It was from a store in New York. And Sharon was wearing this little DKNY little tank top looking thing. And the security guard said, no, you cannot come in. I'm sorry, tank tops are not allowed. And we looked around. Now hers was not a tank top. It was just, you know, a little- A cami. A yeah, cami. A little, cute thing. And so, uh, I said, well, there are women in there wearing tank tops. He said, no, but men can't wear tank tops. And so Sharon stepped up and she said, so you're telling me if we switch shirts, we could come in and listen to the guy at the piano? And he said, yeah, I guess. So on the street, we changed shirts. It did not fit me on any label. It, it, it was just the worst crop top ever. And Sharon just with her peach bra hanging out but we broke the rules or we kept the rules by breaking the rules. Yep. The, I love everything about that because it's like, you know, it's like women's nipples on Instagram. Like at a certain point, like we got to treat everybody the same. 
Xana did ask, is that a Louis Vuitton bag? And yes. It looks yes, like it. It definitely seemed to be. Um, all right, on to a story that makes my blood boil. Uh, Kenneth P. Gone, and I want to show him to you so we can all shame him together if you ever see this man out in the world. We'll tell you what he did that is so horrifying on so many levels. 41-year-old gay man, uh, just reminder, there's terrible people in all our communities, was charged with bank fraud, theft of government funds, wire fraud, and money laundering after he secured over $2.1 million from two federal programs meant for coronavirus relief by submitting loan requests for at least a dozen bogus companies to get relief from the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loans. He's a former assistant superintendent and a contract liaison for the Catholic Archdiocese in Washington, and he used this money to buy a $300,000 yacht, a $1.3 million DC townhouse, and a $46,000 sports car. Not only that, he was previously charged with embezzling over almost $500,000 from the Catholic Church from 2010 to 2018, narrowly escaping those charges when a trial ended with court dismissing the charges due to prosecutorial technicalities before the jury reached a verdict. So he committed fraud for eight years, got away with it, and then just stole $2 million from companies and small businesses and people that need relief from the pandemic, bought himself a yacht and a townhouse and a car. I mean, if this is a garbage gay, if there ever was. And, and he bleached his teeth. I could tell he bleached his teeth too. I mean, it makes me angry on so many levels, like the rich white privilege of this white gay to think, you know what, what I'm gonna do is steal government money. Meanwhile, our, we've talked about Congress is sitting at home, not providing relief to people who actually need it. And he had $2 million, some people definitely needed. And he's going to jail for a while, I believe. Yeah, as Jamie said, this is the kind of gay that gives us all a bad name, a fraudster. Absolutely. Well, we've got more coming up that give us a bad name. We've got more stories with for gays that give us a bad name. I mean, but. it's just, and like, uh, like the, you know, there's like gray areas in life. The kind of evil you have to be to steal money meant for people struggling from an international problem. Like that is deep, mm -hmm. dark, you know? Anyway. Um, might our commercial break? I am. Well, obviously, you all, we do this show uh, to share news with you that we find interesting news about our community that you might not have heard during the week, and we love sharing it with you. But it does take a good time, bit of time to prepare to diarrhea of the mouth like this. So if you're sitting at home on a lot of money and you want to support the show, uh, you can send us a tip, a dollar, five, ten, twenty, thirty thousands uh, on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. And Jonathan Pinkerton already got his in at the top of the show. Um, I want to I want to give a shout out to somebody. I don't think she's watching right now. I, I'm not sure, but uh, our good friend Erica Kopage, um, she's she's got fever and she had to go get a COVID test today. So we just wish her uh, uh, well and hope she doesn't have it. But we love her and um, we are sorry you're going through this. And uh, and also I just wanted to you know since we're plugging shit, look what just came in, Emerson. Sorted Lives, the series is back. Yes. 
Yes. Back on the shelves. Get your copies today. Yes, Erica I'm so is watching. She appreciated our love. Oh, oh, I'm so glad, Erica. I hope you're feeling better. So, Sending uh, you some love and healing. Yeah, VEI uh, I, I, uh, from Canada released the DVD. They're also going to release uh, a, a Blu-ray. Uh, we're working on a streaming deal, so you can go to dellstores.com forward slash shop and get a lot of stuff there, but you can also get your um, Sorted Lives, the series, it's back. Um, all right, uh, this this next story really breaks my heart because he was he was truly a friend of mine and I worked with him. Um, I don't know if you know this, Emerson, but Ash Christian died this week. He's a producer, actor, director, uh, and a writer, and a brilliant writer. He died in his sleep while vacationing in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. He was from Paris, Texas, and his, uh, his wonderful little indie film that he made for a nickel. I mean, he just, it was crazy when he was 19 years old called Fat Girls, won him the Outfest Award for Emerging Talent. Ash was only 35 years old. He wrote and produced ever, ever since, but he just kept releasing things. He, the acclaimed age drama, 1985, Corey Michael Smith, Virginia Madsen. He also produced Hurricane Bianca had several other films in various stages of uh, production starring high profile actors like Dustin Hoffman, uh, Fortune uh, Feimster and Marisa Tomei. And he also won a daytime Emmy in 2014 for his program. Uh, uh, it's called me, me, My Promise? Uh, ML. ML Promise. So Ash, uh, when Ash was only 21, Emerson, he got an MTV deal to develop uh, Fat Girls into um, a series and I sat with him for many days uh, at 21. He was 21 and I was the executive producer of that little project. It never made the air, but uh, we we did a presentation editing uh, his um, his brilliant movie into a, a, a pilot. So um, a big loss for like telling LGBTQ stories, for developing LGBTQ talent. I mean, he was really paying it forward for our community and younger artists uh, with the opportunities he already had. So it and, is a and, and also, I mean, Fat Girls was about him and his his uh, heavy set best friend. And it was just brilliant the way his storytelling at age 19 years old. So um, he, I, I was reading um, our, some of our, our uh, uh, Chad Darnell tweeted that he was very close to Ash, and and I don't make any claims that Ash and I were real close. Uh, it, we 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 weren't. Uh, we we worked together, and I was a huge fan of his. But he said that Ash said, "Do not, if I ever die, do not ever let anybody put R.I.P. Ash Christian." So we will not say that. We will just say thank you for all the amazing entertainment that you gave us, Ash. You made a difference. And in other uh, challenging news for our community, uh, beloved drag race queen Chi Chi Devane has been hospitalized for the second time, if you haven't been following, uh, but in the last two months after being diagnosed with pneumonia, she asked her fans to keep it, her in their prayers in a video taken from her hospital bed. Just weeks ago, she was admitted with suspected kidney failure. She was discharged at the end of July after undergoing dialysis, and at that time told followers, I'm gonna fight to survive, of course, but I've been fighting too mentally because this is a new experience for me, but I got it under control. I'm okay, I'm gonna be okay. She lives with scleroderma, a rare condition caused by the immune system attacking the tissue under the skin and around the internal organs and blood vessels. So that's why there's many different kinds of health problems that can happen from it. 
she's really struggling back in the hospital again. And many queens are donating to her healthcare costs. Um, and I'm gonna put up a banner now if you want to support that, because one of the worst things we all know about needing Medicare for all and healthcare in our country that is available to everyone is the challenge of paying for your healthcare while you're also struggling to get healthy. So if you want to support Chi Chi, her Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal are all uh, down at the bottom in addition to supporting her uh, energy journey along the way. We saw her, do you remember, when we were in Kentucky uh, for the very sort of wedding screening, she was one of the queens that performed at that Pride dra Pride launch drag show after our screening. Uh, when we went next oh, door. With, with Scott Presley, uh, when we were with Scott in that little club, is that the one that you're talking, in Lexington? Yeah, that drag show in Lexington. Oh, was she part you of- You started watching Drag Race at that point, so you wouldn't have known, you didn't know who she was, but she performed on that show. Did she perform on the stage before Sorted Wedding? Remember they did that year- No, that she was in the show at the club afterwards. Okay. Oh, well, we wish her, uh, healing thoughts and i'm going to give her some money after this i am because um, we got to help each other uh, this is an unusual story the new york post has a story about skylar Sorensen and his wife amanda it's a gay man married to a woman um uh, that well you know my ex-wife is in the the room right now so that was me at one time but this is a, the the spin here is they're both 25 and they're mormon and skylar says being gay has not gotten in the way of their marriage or their sex life. Um, he said the sex that sexual attraction came from, I mean, trial and error and lots of practice. Uh, I don't know if we both fully understand how and why it works, but it definitely does. It, we have our struggles, of course, like every marriage, but being gay hasn't been the biggest issue in our marriage. It's been communication, you know, normal marriage things. Uh, so Amanda says, Skylar is just, I should not do that. Skylar is just so kind and sensitive and loving and giving. And uh, growing up, um, he probably thought like, oh, this makes me different than other guys. But I love those aspects of him. Do I wish that Skylar wasn't gay? Yes, yeah, sometimes, but I wouldn't want to be with anyone else other than him, especially when I'm shopping. Okay, I made that last part up. Uh, they went to a counselor who specializes in mixed orientation relationships. So there's more than one of them. Uh, they hope that they can be advocates for other whose religious beliefs clashed with their orientation. Um, Amanda said, we just wanna sit. Um, uh, we just want, <laughs> I've gotten, off track here. Sorry, guys. Uh, we just we just advocate that this is an option too, if it feels right to you. Uh, Skylar said we just ask for the same grace and understanding that other people in the LGBT community are asking for because uh, we're two consenting adults. We made this decision together. A tweet from Skylar recently said being in a mixed orientation marriage is like going to Disneyland and having. Some people tell you you'd be better off at Six Flags. Um, uh, Six Flags may have more roller coasters, but it'll never be the happiest place on earth. And I think roller coasters means dicks in this uh, quote. I would just like to share that Kelly Alexander said you were a fun husband. And I and I was I was good. I was sensitive and I could shop. And I, I have to tell a quick story one time I, after. Wait, Kelly, let's talk about the story before we derail on the on the anecdote. Yeah. OK. I, all all um, it was that she, I walked in and 
she had a lot of action movies sitting out that she had been watching with her date before. And she said, I really miss watching chick flicks with you. So that was good. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to laugh about this first. If this, if that he is gay and the sex is not the biggest problem in your marriage, you have real problems in your marriage. Yeah. Right. I mean, sir, your roller coaster Disneyland metaphor isn't right. It's like you're at, Disneyland and you have vertigo and someone tells you if you'll get off that roller coaster, you might enjoy your life a little bit more. Yeah, I think, you know, it is. And, and we we, we want to, you know, we smirk or whatever. But the tragedy is that religion does mess you up. That's the tragedy. And when he says we, I, you know, when a religion clashes with who you are, well, I don't think it's it's time to get rid of who you are. It's time to get rid of your religion. Well, and also on the real part, like they did, you know, they did say, I wish LGBT people would give us the grace we give others. This is our choice. And I think laughing about them is appropriate here. When you talk to them, that's not a helpful thing to say, you're gay and you just need to get fucked and, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it is. It's the pain of they're so locked in the world they think they want, you know, to keep their religion to keep their community to keep their families that this sacrifice seems worth it for that but for her to say sometimes i wish she wasn't gay she's also living with a pain she's ignoring because she loves him right and the fact that there's a therapist that deals with mixed orientation relationships um is just reinforcing helping them deal with this compromise they've made rather than helping them deal with the sincere reality of a place in the world. They could certainly be best friends and both find things that would make them happier. It's not just about him. It's about her finding a man who could fulfill her in every way. That's right. And that way, knowing that he desires her physically, that sex is not a thing to work through. Well, that she deserves that. That she absolutely deserves that. And he deserves to be happy as well. I do have questions. Does she allow him uh, outside sex is no so no so he's just basically suppressing all of those urges while he's with her yeah they've made their sex good together i think brandon has it right here what he needs to do is go to gay days at disney that's the ending of his metaphor and not six flags not six Six flags flags. what gay days at disney and six flags yeah yeah those are his options um but honestly, like it's heartbreaking to see like y- younger generations continue uh, to go through that. You know, our goal would be that we get to a way there is, where there isn't a gay man or woman that marries a straight man or woman uh, to not put either of them through uh, that journey. You know, that we develop our understanding of relationships beyond the, the need to, to do that to each other. Maybe I'll find him on Twitter and send him a copy of Southern Baptist Sissies. Just say, hey, just watch it. Just watch it together and see yep. what. I mean, in kindness. I don't mean in in any other way. Just watch it together and see uh, what. One final good joke. Maybe they own a double-headed dildo. I mean, that's true. There are options where everyone could be satisfied. So maybe they are working it out and wish them the best. Well, that would just be a lot of fantasy as well, because it's more than just the double, the the dildo. It's the practicality and the so anyway, all right, tell us about the next. In fun news, out singer-songwriter Orville Peck in the world of country and icon Shania Twain have just released a super gay country collaboration with their new song, Legends Never Die. In the video, Peck and Twain don leopard print and fringe to perform at a drive-in 
The audience includes Drag Race Season 12 winner Jada Essence Hall, Singer Evil, and more, and features narration from John Waters. I mean, Orville Peck is leaning into country queer realness. I mean, it's a great welcome back. Remember, a couple years ago, there was that moment where Shania said she would have voted for Trump and then had to walk it back. Peck said, I cannot thank Shania enough. She has always been a hero of mine, and her music made me feel so empowered growing up. His new EP, Show Pony, also features a very queer cover of Reba McIntyre's Fancy, which might help some of the young LGBT people who were confused as to why Fancy was a lip sync song on All Stars, because they just didn't feel like it worked out very well on that show. And I love that Orville Peck, he's always worn masks, like since the beginning of his introduction uh, to pop culture, he's been wearing these masks. So he kind of beat us all to the pandemic fashion. Not that a fringe one is very helpful for someone. I've watched every video of his now. I'm so intrigued. Um, so, nice. Is that Shania there? Yes. Oh, she looks great. Yeah, that's from this video. Wow, looks fantastic. Uh, well, in- um, um, Okay, real quick, because someone had a thought, and we want to always engage our people back on that other. William said, back to our married Mormon story, I disagree. I am in a sexless gay marriage. Marrying someone that is intellectually compatible is total partnership and companionship. We have a totally open marriage. We can have whoever we want when not in COVID. Two people can love each other and sex can have nothing to do with it. Okay. Now, I hear that though and think that's a decision y'all made together that works for you and that's amazing. This story though seems to carry so much of making a compromise for religious damage rather than a choice to have a fulfilling sex life outside of the confines because the rest of it is fulfilling. Does that make sense, William? I'm William, I wanna ask a question. Was it always sexless? Did you enter into the marriage and it was a sexless marriage or did it become a sexless marriage? Just curious. Um, uh, and okay, so moving on, what's going on, Emerson? There seems like someone's- no, no. I was waving at Blake, he's here. Well, hi, Blake. That is there. Oh, what? Uh, the Hallmark Channel is uh, now including a lesbian wedding in one of its films for the first time after a pledge to improve LGBT uh, representation. The channel has been long criticized for its lack of LGBT representation, and the upcoming film, Weekend, I mean, Wedding Every Weekend, will feature a lesbian wedding amid a wider heterosexual love story. Uh, the synopsis reads, Nate and Brooke are going to the same four weddings. wonder where they got that idea. Uh, four weekends in a row. Uh, to avoid setups, they go together as wedding buddies. But what starts as a friendship soon becomes something deeper. Uh, one of the weddings the pair attends is for a same-sex couple with the betrothed donning a white dress and a pantsuit for the occasion. So there you have it. Hallmark's got a lesbian wedding coming up in their remake of Four Weddings. A little weddings. lesbian. You know, Where's the funeral? That's what I want to know. Where's the funeral? Four Weddings. Like, don't kill the gays. That trope. Don't kill, bury your gays. But I love that it's like stair step. Like, oh, the main story is good old lifetime. But don't worry. In our Four Weddings, we got some lesbians. So we're, we're stair stepping that representation into the stories. But but Lifetime, we've as we reported, is doing... Uh, a Christmas movie because uh, I have friends who are auditioning for it. So, you do? I do. 
Why can't I get one? I'll talk to you after the show. <laughs> I just remembered. So yeah, that. But I want to audition for the Lifetime Homosexuals. Yeah, I'm sure there's more than one in the movie. Um, well, there's so, at least two. There's, there's two, two, yes. Um, um, and up next, but then this ties back to the Mormon thing. You know, we see religious damage impacting a younger generation. As much as we feel like we're growing in representation and acceptance, as long as those lessons are taught to young people, we will see bigotry pop up. And Cash Baker is a popular teenage TikTok star who had over 16 million fans on the platform. That's like Los Angeles plus Dallas, all watching this man's TikToks before posting videos denigrating other religions and the queer community. He said, a thing we've heard so many times, I know it's gonna make a lot of people hate me for preaching the gospel, but guys, I'm just trying to preach the truth and what the Bible says. I only do this all this because I love you guys. Me being a Christian, can I support the LGBT community? No, I cannot. So am I behind the LGBT community? Do I promote it? Do I encourage it? Absolutely not. But guys, you gotta understand, Everybody gets that so confused with us saying that we hate LGBTQ people and all that. But guys, no, that is completely, completely wrong. Guys, in the Bible, it says that one sin is as equal as all sin. And it says man should be with woman and woman should be with man. So therefore, yes, it is a sin in the Bible. But everyone sins. I sin all the time. That does not mean I love you any less or look at you any different. In a separate video, he claimed that Muslim Jews and Hindus are making up false gods and prophets is a sin in the Bible. You get mad at this video and you're telling me that I'm not respecting other religions, then you're not respecting my religion because in my religion, it tells me to tell you that. Took down the videos after friends warned to make a costume endorsement deals. And Queerty reports he's had an 80% drop in viewership since posting the video. Good, I hope everybody follows him, I just do. And, uh, and, you, and you're quoting him, you stopped, you stopped reading all the guys. He just I said, did. Guys, annoying. Guys, but guys. I find it really sad because he's saying those basic bigot 101 things. We love the sinner and hate the sin. It's what the Bible tells me to say. I don't love you any less. I just don't want it for your life. All sins are equal and my sins are equal to your sin and being gay is a sin. It's just such standard, basic bigot Christianity that it's sad also that this boy's, you know, 16 and hasn't learned better hasn't examined his own faith deeper. And because he's putting it out to so many people, this will follow him. And I would hope that he learns better as he gets older. At maybe 16, I was saying these same things. Yeah, maybe he will. Maybe he will, we can hope. And maybe you never know. I mean, there's a lot of times when people strike so hard at something, you know, they become Emerson Collins. Uh, in, in, in their adult life. Okay, well, we've got a gay Trump superfan video, a gay MAGA superfan who goes by uh, at Brokeback Patriot. But I did a little research in my yeah. investigation. For some reason, I guess he got so much clap back, he has changed it, but I found him. He's now Brokeback USA on Twitter. He's a 32-year-old free... So if you want to tweet him, uh, yeah, He's a 32-year-old free-thinking American who lives in St. Uh, Petersburg, Florida. He recently shared a video with his 12,000 followers boasting that Trump actually likes all LGBT Americans because he spent he sent him a signed Keep America Great Again hat. He ordered it, you know, from the website. And so why did he send this hat? Why did he sign this hat? 
and literally send it to my house. Broke back Patriot ask, or now broke back USA ask. I think he does like me. Well, you're an idiot, sir, if you think that Trump signed that hat knowing that you were gay. Uh, here's some other fun tweets that he's done. Uh, good morning to everyone except low IQ individuals who think masks actually stop the spread. Uh, the progressive, and this is another tweet, the progressive LGBT community does not want equality. It wants victimhood status because it gives them an easy excuse for their failures and access to special privileges. You're not special because you're gay. Being gay is not an achievement. And then another one, white privilege is a racist lie. Um, sir. Um, and then he goes, I got fired from my job and now have been doxxed uh, by the LGBT Twitter mob, all for supporting President Trump and being outspoken about my political opinions online. But guess what? They can't stop me. I'm still voting for Trump 2020, so choke on it. Uh, I think you probably got, yeah, I broke back idiot. I think you probably got fired because you're an asshole. I think that's why you got fired. It has nothing to do with anything except you're an asshole. And another example of that, like, sitting in your privilege as a white gay man who's not bothered to say, like, white privilege isn't a thing. And he's clearly dumb and, like, drank that Kool-Aid over there. But it's that tendency of a certain kind of white gay that but often from the South who thinks, you know what? That doesn't affect me. Trump loves me. Not paying attention to the health care issues with trans people, to the racism against black people and how many that affects our community, to what happens to undocumented LGBTQ people. Just sitting pretty in his stupid privilege and thinking Trump likes me because he sent me a hat that I bought and paid for. And I just can't, I'm just hung up on the white privilege is a racist lie. I just, it's like, oh my God. John said, gay Trumpers are the craziest people in the world. They are silly as Beverly Hillbillies and nasty me. I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. I just block them now on Twitter. They, they come after me. A lot of people come after me. <laughs> it's also, you know, when we talk about like, who are the people, right? That we can, we need to clean up. We need to, we need to collect and educate our family our closest friends, and then we need to clean up in our own community. We should be coming for the white gays so that it's not the black LGBTQ people having to deal with a racist white gay. Like that's our that's our street to sweep. So that's why we smack them around when we I'll find. Really what I'll do. I'll tweet him. Um, uh, I'll tweet uh, him and and send him a uh, broke back USA. I'll I'll tweet him our show and tell him he got a little a little a little uh, story from us. Yeah, William answered. He said their relationship developed a sexually incompatible relationship. Two tops. I refer to that as sword fighting, and one top who prefers his hookups to come and go. We totally love, respect, and support each other. So I can't see that other marriage as invalid. The gay community constantly preaches love is love. We are partners for life. An orgasm is an orgasm, but intellectual partnership is a partnership. William, absolutely. And if they were just like a gay and a and a woman who said, we want to make a life together. We're going to make a baby together and we're going to do this. But be honest, this, when you talk about that, they are 25 years old. He's still a student at BYU. She's a student at a Utah college. They're visiting a Mormon therapist who deals with mixed orientation relationships specifically designed to deal with gay men and women in the Mormon church. I don't feel like when say that's equivalent to two consenting adults in the world making a decision in their relationship that sex isn't as important. 
with no other pressure from these other factors. Can we agree that it's likely that religion is a heavier hand on their development than you and your husband deciding we want to be together and we are making free and interesting choices about how sex is or isn't involved in our marriage? I hope you, we're not shitting on it just because they're straight. Yeah, and, and I say whatever works for you. If you're happy, I, I no go go for it. I absolutely will. You. Um, um, and then one more quick little celebration of visibility. Um, the Disney Channel has its first uh, out bisexual main character, a 14 year old Dominican American girl, on the new series Owl House that appeared premiered in January. They just had an episode where. Luz Nosida was asked to go to a dance by another girl. And on Twitter, show creator Dana Terrace confirmed Luz is bi. She tweeted, when I was first developing Owl House, I always wanted to do a prom episode to make for my own experiences. Uh, in real life, Dana is also bi. Said, I'm incredibly grateful for the crew working to make this episode so badass. In development, I was very open about my intention to put queer kids in the main cast. I'm a horrible liar, so sneaking it in would have been hard. When we were greenlit, I was told by certain Disney Channel leadership I could not represent any form of bi or gay relationships, but representation matters, always fighting to make what you want to see. As Owl House continues, I can't wait to explore things that are important to me. Thank you for watching. Got a little photo of Luz and her uh, prom date. So, and that's important. It's young, it's younger characters, it's bisexual visibility, which doesn't happen as often. So just a fun little thing to celebrate. Cartoons, everyone having fun. Yes. And um, finally, just for fun, in Berlin at Devil's Lake, uh, Adele uh, Landwauer, an actor and coach, watched a wild board more sow and two piglets come in to where everyone was sunbathing at Devil's Lake. She says, after they ate the pizza from a backpack of a man who was taking a swim in the lake, they were looking for a dessert. They found this yellow bag and decided just to take it away. The one problem, the bag had the man's laptop in it uh, and they ran off with it. When the owner, I love that they're naked. When the owner realized what had happened, he gave it his all and he recovered it. She said, when he came back with his yellow bag in hand, we all clapped and congratulated him for his success. She showed the man uh, the picture she had taken and he laughed loudly and authorized her to publish them. So how funny is that? Just hysterical. Can you imagine you're out nude sunbathing, you go off for a little thing, you come back and there is a giant boar running off with your bag and you're just balls out chasing down the pig. Right, you know, I love it. And I love that. I mean, we've, we've both been to beaches in Europe and, and other countries where it's just no big deal. It's just yeah. like, you know, everybody's naked and it's no big deal. We have such body shame in this country, so. I entered the end-to-end bodywear jockstrap photo contest because you win a hundred dollar free merchandise, and I put a picture. If you go on their website, you can vote for me because I spend too much money. Where do you have the do you have the link that we can put right it here? In? I'll put it up on Friday. I don't have it okay. right now. Well, and I, I Emerson, I, I noticed on your Instagram that you were you posted a little thirsty picture and said you were doing you were feeling better and you just felt like going back to posting some pictures that made you feel good and it made everybody else feel good too. So I did. I mean, I've got this rash that won't go away, but we're just ignoring that because whatever. Um, we're almost done. Uh, thank you to Jonathan Pinkerton for his Venmo tip. Uh, so if you've been waiting, 
Uh, now's a great time for you to give us a dollar or two or five. I mean, we're not making big bank on this, but it really does matter. We know lots of you can't, but for those of you who can, Venmo at Emerson Collins, PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. We appreciate your financial support. And Bitsy May says hi. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm headed off to watch the convention.